Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, real quick, do we have any veterans in the house? Any veterans? Come on, come on, come on. We get really, really, really loud. Come on, thank you. My brother, um, yeah, I love him. He did four tours, four tours. Just so grateful for him. So grateful for the men and women who protect our country. Um, so grateful, so thankful. I'm so thankful that we get to worship Jesus and freedom today. I'm so grateful. I know that... Um, let me just say this. I'm not going to politicize anything. I know our nation's going through a lot of turmoil, and everybody wants to politicize everything. Everybody wants to draw a line. Everybody wants everybody to choose one side or the other. I'm just not going to do it. Somebody reached out to me this week, and I said, why haven't you posted anything? Why haven't you said anything about what's happened this week? I said, because I'm not going to politicize anything. I'm going to make everything about Jesus. It's always about Jesus. And there's always going to be hurt, turmoil, tragedy that happens in the earth because there's a prince of this world, and his name is Satan. And he's wanting to divide and to conquer all. But we gather under the name of Jesus, and we unite under the name of Jesus. And so the best thing that I know that I can do is not to post something, to say something, to provoke somebody else, to draw a line, but the best thing that I can do is to pray for our nation, to pray for people, to pray for those families, and to release the grace of God. Do you know that we have the power to release the grace of God? We possess that power when we pray. We possess that power when we release our words of faith and bless people, bless families, bless our nation. So I'm not gonna speak death over our nation. I'm not gonna speak death over the future of our nation. I'm gonna speak life because I believe that in Jesus' name. Amen? Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, for the United States of America. Lord, I thank you for every man, woman who sacrificially gave their life for freedom. We bless those families. God, we ask that your grace would abound to them. Your life would abound to those families. Draw them close to you. Holy Spirit, strengthen, aid, comfort them. I thank you for every man and woman who fights to protect us. Thank you, God, for the freedoms that you've given America. But God, I thank you, God, for the privilege to live in America, but with the privilege to have the responsibility to honor you. And so, Lord, we bless America. We speak life over America. We rebuke the death, the devour that the enemy has. We bind the plans of the enemy in Jesus' name. And we plead the blood of Jesus upon the people of America. Father, we lift up those families that went through this great tragedy. And Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, that you would comfort, that you would aid, that you would bless, that you would help, that they would know that Jesus is standing next to them, that Jesus is leading them through this very difficult time. God, we bless that community. We bless those people. We love you. 
Now, Lord, we give you today, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come and reveal your truth and your wisdom and your understanding to us today. We love you. We appreciate you, Jesus. We ask this in Jesus' mighty, mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. Give it up for the worship team this morning. Come on, get real loud for the worship team this morning. All right, do we have that, that picture that I wanted? Yep. Guys, it's official. After seven years, we are now Kings Island past members, okay? Come on. Went Tuesday night. I think I saw half the church there, to be honest with you. Uh, super fun. Now, Ben, our, our middle son, he is just a little bit skittish, uh, scared of some rides. Anybody ever felt that way before? You're like walking up to a ride and you're like, ah, I don't know about this, okay? And um, how many of you have ever had that moment where you're like, I'm going to ride this ride. And then you get up there and you're like, no, I'm not gonna ride this ride. Today's not the day, okay? What happens? is that you get up to the ride and, and fear takes over. Takes over your mind, takes over your heart. You start thinking, you start, you know, getting overwhelmed. You start thinking like, what's gonna happen? But how many of you know this, that if you'll push past your feeling, if you'll push past that initial fear and get on the ride, what happens? When you get off the ride, you go, oh, I wanna do that again. <laughs> I want to do that again. And that's what happened with uh, our middle son, Ben, this last Tuesday. Uh, we went on some bigger rides, and, you know, like I'm, I'm watching him, and he's kind of sweaty, okay? Anybody get sweaty? He's kind of sweaty, you know, and, and, and we're ready to get on that ride. And it was funny because Drew uh, rode one of these rides, and he sat next to Ben, and he called me later that night, and Drew said, I don't know what happened, but like when we started going down the hill, Ben started to do this like really funny laugh. And I was like, yeah, that's his nervous laugh, okay? <laughs> and he's like, it was the funniest thing ever. But how many you know this? Fear is just a feeling. It's just a feeling. It's not truth. It's just a feeling. So today, we're gonna talk about feelings, okay? Because I think we're in a season and a time in the earth that most people are really driven by their feelings and their emotions, okay? And, and I understand this, and I want to validate a few things about feelings this morning, okay? Number one is this, that God gave them to you. That's how God designed you. There's nothing wrong with that. God designed you to feel. God designed you to feel excitement. God designed you to feel compassion and joy and rest and, and passion and accomplishment. God designed you to feel. So this was God's plan for us, okay? But what God's plan wasn't for us was this. He didn't design us to live by our feelings, okay? He designed us with feelings. He wants us to feel. He wants us to experience, but he doesn't want us to be driven by them. Um, 2 Chronicles chapter 5, verse 7 says this, For we walk by faith. Walk by faith. Can I just be really honest? It's not easy all the time to walk by faith. Can I get an amen from everybody? Okay, help me out here, okay? Help me, okay? It's not easy. Because what is faith? 
It's things we're hoping for. We don't have it. We don't see it. We don't feel it. We can't touch it. You know, like I, I, I wish, I wish that I could just grab Jesus. I can't. It's all faith. It's all faith. I'm just trusting, believing. Now I can sense him. I can feel him. I can feel his presence. I know he's alive. I know he's real. But it's all faith. So it's saying this. We live by faith, not by sight. As believers, and, and this is different. I want to make this real clear. This is different than unbelievers. This is different than other people that you have relationships with. Because as a believer in Jesus, we don't live by what we see and what we feel. We live by faith. Living our lives, it says, in a manner consistent with our confident belief in what? God's promises. So it's saying that we live our life in a manner that is based on what? God's promises. That's how we live. That's how believers live. Not by feelings. Okay? The second thing I want to talk about feelings is this, is that feelings are real. They're real. I mean, I know when I say it's just a feeling, but fear is a feeling that is real, okay? Anxiety is a feeling that is real, okay? You know, bewildered is a feeling. Numb is a feeling. Discontentment is a feeling. Sad is a feeling. These are all really real feelings, okay? Now, here's the deal, though, and I truly believe this. We are designed with feelings, and God wants us to feel. He does, okay? He doesn't want us to be numb. He wants us to feel. But as we feel feelings, feelings should do what? Draw us back to Jesus. They should always lead us back to Jesus, okay? Let me give you a couple of examples, okay? When I was at Valley in Michigan, we worked there for 10 years. The last couple of years, I started feeling discontentment. Like, just, I don't know if I belong. I don't know if this is the right place. I'm not as happy with my job as I used to be. I'm feeling some different feelings, okay? Now, if I don't take those feelings back to Jesus, right? If I don't go to Jesus and go, hey, why am I feeling this? What are you trying to do right now? What's happening in this moment. Discontentment can lead to what? Anger, frustration, right? And guess what? I could just allow anger and frustration to get the best of me, and I could say and do some things and end up what? Losing my job. But instead, I took those feelings and I came to the Lord and I said, why am I feeling this, right? It's not that God didn't want me to feel this, he just wanted me to bring those feelings back to him. So when I brought those feelings back to him, he started talking to me about a season change. And that's what led me to Living Word. So then when I got to Living Word, I was there for a season. I remember this. The first Sunday that I was at Living Word Church, the very first Sunday I'm on staff, I'm standing next to Pastor Pat. We're worshiping together. It's the first Sunday I'm on staff. And the Lord shows me just this picture in my mind of a gas station. I'm like, what's up with the gas station, God? And he's like, when you're on a road trip, there's different stops. He's like, sometimes you stop at a gas station, sometimes you stop overnight, sometimes you stop at a resort, and it's a while. He said, 
But this place right now, Living Word, it's a gas station stop for you. You're only stopping here to fuel back up to go on to what I have in store for you. That was the first Sunday that I was on staff. So I knew that I wasn't going to be there real long. But I remember just a couple years in working at Living Word, and I had been a youth pastor for like 16 years, okay? 16 years, okay? Think about your high schooler being a high schooler for 16 years in your house, okay? But I love students. I didn't have a problem with students, but I had come to this place where I just kind of had felt numb. Like I had done the same thing for 16 years. I had done 16 years of summer youth camp. I had done 16 years of retreats. I had done 16 years of the same exact thing. I just kind of became numb. And so I had to come back to the Lord and go, God, why am I feeling this way? And I remember one night as I was walking and praying with the Lord, asking the Lord, why do I feel numb? He said, because your season with youth is over. Amen? Aren't you glad that season's over? We started Elevate Church. It led us to start Elevate Church. You wouldn't be here today. So look, Feelings are real, and God wants you to feel, but you have to learn with the power of the Holy Spirit how to take those feelings and bring them back to the Lord and say, Lord, why am I feeling this in this moment? Why am I feeling sad? Why am I feeling discontentment? Why am I feeling fear? What's happening that I'm having this feeling? The third thing I want you to see about feelings is this. Feelings are a horrible master. Amen? Amen? Put that in the chat, okay? <laughs> Feelings are a horrible master, okay? When you live by what you feel, okay? When you live life daily, and trust me, I have been there. I, I'm not casting judgment, throwing stones today. I've had seasons, I've had moments, I've had days. You just wake up and you're like, Bleh! You know what I mean? Like, everybody's going to get the best of Jeff Workmeister today, you know? I've had those days. But when you live by what you feel, how many of you know this, that you will go on an emotional roller coaster? And here's what's interesting about living how you feel. The highs are high, but the lows are lows. And how many of you know there's more lows than there are highs? Okay, um, James chapter one, verse five talks about this, about living this way. It says this, if anybody longs to be wise, ask God for wisdom, he'll give it to you. Thank God, thank God. If you need wisdom on anything, God will talk to you, talk to you about your kids, he'll talk to you about your finances, he'll talk to you about your future, talk to you about your job, your career, friends, anything, God will talk to you about it. He'll give you wisdom. It says this, he won't see your lack of wisdom as an opportunity to scold you for your failures, but he'll overwhelm your failures with generous grace. Thank God. Thank God God's grace is more than enough, okay? Verse six, he'll make sure when you ask, but it says this, just make sure when you ask. Ask what? Ask God for something. Saying when you ask God for something, that you are empowered by what? Faith. He's saying, hey, just make sure when you come to God that you're not living by your feelings. Remember last week when I told you I came to my prayer time and the Lord said, did you come to worry today? Right? What is God saying to me? 
Are you going to live by your feelings right now when you come to me in, in prayer? Right? Are you coming to me in feelings or are you coming to me in faith? Right? It says, without doubting that you'll receive. See, there is something really powerful about when you pray in faith and you believe, yeah, God is faithful and I'm going to see him work in this area. There's, that's powerful. You will move the hand of God so much faster than coming to him in just your feelings, okay? It says this. For an undecided person believes one minute and doubts the next. They believe one minute, doubts the next. I, I think this is where a lot of times as believers in Jesus, this is our lives. On Sunday mornings, we're like, yes, Jesus is real. He's alive. I can sense him. I can believe him. I, I heard the word today. I, I could feel God's grace. And then what happens is we get to Thursday, and we're like, where are you, God? I don't feel you the same way. I don't sense you the same way. And our emotions will take our faith up and down, okay? It says this, being undecided makes you like the rough seas tossed by the winds. You're up one minute, and then you're tossed back down the next. Verse seven, it says this. When you are half-hearted, wavering, it leaves you unstable. So the Bible's telling you, when you live by your feelings, when you live by your emotions, you are going to live an unstable life. Everything that you touch is going to be unstable. Okay? There's going to be a, a lot of rocky, rocky seas. All right. So let's look at the Bible to talk about today how to deal with feelings and emotions. So go with me, 2 Samuel. Okay? 2 Samuel, if you don't have a Bible, we'll have it on the screen for you. 2 Samuel chapter 11. We're going to look at verse 1 through 5. It says this. In the spring of the year, when the kings normally went to war, David sent Jacob and the other Israelite armies to fight the Amorites. They destroyed the Amorite army, laying siege to the city of Rahab. However, David stayed behind in Jerusalem. Okay, that's a really key part. We'll come, we'll come back to that, okay? Verse two, late one afternoon, after his midday rest, David got out of bed, and was walking on his roof of his palace. I, I want a palace, <laughs> don't you? That, that sounds nice. I want to walk on the roof of a palace. As he overlooked the city, he noticed a woman with unusual beauty taking a bath. How many of you know, like, that should have been the end of this story? <laughs> right? Every wife in the house said, amen, right? Should have been the end of the story. Verse three, he sent someone to find out who she was. They said, it's Bathsheba, daughter of Elam, and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. What's interesting about Uriah is this is one of his men in his army, okay? This is one of, this is one of his guys, all right? Then David sent a message to get her. And she came to the palace and he slept with her. Verse five, later Bathsheba uh, discovered that she was pregnant and sent a message to David saying, I am pregnant. All right, so here's the first feeling that I want to talk about today is this. How do we deal with the feeling of feeling low 
tired, exhausted, and emotionally spent. Anybody know what I'm talking about? This is real, okay? You feel low, you feel tired, exhausted, emotionally spent, right? This is why David's not at war. David's feeling low. David's feeling tired. David's feeling spent. So David makes a decision. I'm going to send them to war. I'm going to stay back. I'm going to rest, right? So we learn from David in his decision to stay back, he makes some poor decisions. He makes a poor decision that leads to a bad decision that leads to a horrible decision, right? So what was the poor decision? To stay home, right? The Bible's telling us he's not where he belongs at that moment. He, he should be at war, okay? And then he makes a bad decision to what? To have Bathsheba come to his palace, okay? Compounds the bad decision by making an even horror, more horrible decision later on in the story where he has Uriah killed, murdered. Bible's scandalous, y'all, okay? We can make a TV show out of this stuff, right? Okay? All right, so the first bad decision is what? David's at home. He's not at war. He makes a terrible decision. Why? Because, because he's tired. Because he's tired. And I think this happens a lot. When we're tired, we make bad decisions to be in places we don't belong. Okay? Now, here's the deal. If David would have been at war with his men, this story doesn't exist. Right? Because there's no temptation then. He's not faced with this temptation. But because he's at home at a time that he doesn't belong, he's somewhere where he doesn't belong, he now faces temptation. All right? Now, here's the deal. We all think that the temptation is Bathsheba. We read the story. We go, beautiful woman taking a bath. There's the temptation. Okay? No, no, no. See, temptation starts before you actually act on a temptation. Okay? Let me show you this. Okay? The temptation was this. I'm tired. How many of you have said this before? I'm tired. And what are you really saying when you say I'm tired? You're really saying this. I want to find something that's going to make me feel good right now. Right? That's the temptation. You're tired, you're low, you're exhausted, you're mentally worn out, you're emotionally spent, and in that moment, you're tired, you're like, I'm looking for something physical, right? I'm looking for something tangible right now to make me feel better. This is what's happening with David, okay? So the question is today, and, and I'll tell you why there's a question. The question that I'm going to share with you today is going to be here because we need to grow as believers today, okay? We got to grow. We can't just say that, you know, the grace of God, yes, I, I'm so thankful for the grace of God to cover a multitude of sins, but the grace of God is also there to empower me to overcome sin, okay? So the question today is this. 
What spaces are you hanging out in when you're tired that you don't belong? Which ones? And let me share some with you today. Like this, like websites. Like just websites. And I know like your first thought goes to like sexual websites. But listen, there could be websites when you're tired that you're like, I'm on a shopping website. Amen? And you're like, if, if I buy this on this credit card, which I don't have money for right now, it'll make me happy. Right? And you're doing what? You're just digging yourself into debt because you're somewhere where you're tired. You don't belong. Or how about this? How about shows when you're tired? Music when you're tired that feeds what? It just feeds lust. Just feeds lust. Your guard's down, right? You're tired. You're worn out. You're mentally exhausted. You're like, oh, I just need a show to escape. I just need some music to escape. We had this long conversation with our middle son, Ben, uh, just the other day about this very idea. Like, what are you putting before your eyes? What are you watching? What's coming into your soul? What are you feeding yourself? I promise you, the Bible says this. This is a law that if you're a believer, it's great. If you're an unbeliever here today and you don't believe in God, it's the same law. You will always reap what you sow. You're always gonna reap it. So what you put in, it's gonna come out at some moment in some time. How about this? Are you, are you hanging out in spaces when you're tired in conversations you don't belong? Let me challenge, challenge you with this thought that like you're gonna have conversations at work with the opposite sex, people that, that aren't your husband or your wife, right? What kind of conversations are you having with them when you're tired? Are you sharing personal, intimate details about your emotions and how you feel in that moment that's causing you to go down a road of maybe it's not an affair, but maybe it's an emotional affair? Oh, man, I'm digging into everybody today. All right, you're all like, what did I come to today? You're like, it's Memorial Day weekend. What's happening? I'm sorry. This is what God wanted to talk about, okay? How about this, social media? How about social media when you're tired? It just causes you to be jealous. It causes you to compare. It causes you to think that I need that. It causes you. It's like this. It's like you're giving the devil permission. It's like you're signing a contract with the devil on social media to go, hey, make me compare. Make me jealous. Make me want something that's not mine. Make me envy something. You're signing a contract with the devil to play with your emotions. Amen? What, what spaces are you hanging out in where you don't belong? I remember very early in ministry, we were, we were youth pastors. I'll give you a real example of this. And Sundays and the weekends were really long. So Saturdays, I'd be prepping and getting ready. And then, you know, Sunday came. And on the weekend, we had this season where we had five services a weekend. We had two on Saturday. We had two on Sunday morning. And then we had youth on Sunday night. Okay, so by the time I got home on Sunday night at what, 11, 11.30 at night, I was wasted. Wasted. Not, not wasted, not, come on. 
Y'all think I was like the drinking youth pastor? What's going up with that? I'm like, hey guys, it's gonna be a great night. Good night. You're like junior hires. You take everything literal. Oh, I love you. All right, so I'm tired, okay? I'm tired, all right? I'm tired. What else am I? I'm emotionally zapped. I've given everything. What else am I? I'm mentally exhausted, right? You want to know the greatest times that I struggled with lust? When do you think it was? Sunday nights. Just being honest. You all deal with stuff too. So I had to learn, how do I deal with this? How do I deal with this? Right? You know what? how I dealt with it? It was this. I became a creepy man walking around our neighborhood. <laughs> Promise you, it'd be like 12, 1230 at night. And I just found out I need to decompress. I need to walk my neighborhood. I just need to talk to the Lord about the night. And then after I got done walking, I was so physically tired from the day and from the walk that when I got inside the house, I was just ready to go to sleep. See, the, the Lord wants to help us deal with these things. And sometimes there's just physical things, there's natural things that we do to just go, I, I, I'm not going to go home and sit down with my phone and allow temptation to grab my heart. I just became this creepy guy that walked our neighborhood. But guess what? It worked. It helped. Amen? All right. The second one I want to talk about today is this. This feeling that we feel where we think life will never change. Life will never change. How many of you know what I'm feeling and talking about? You're like, yeah, yeah. And the rest of you are lying right now. <laughs> okay. John chapter 5, verse 2 it says this. Inside the city near a sheep gate was a pool of Bethesda, five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, laid on the porches. When Jesus saw him, talking about this man that we're going to talk about, saw him, he knew he had been ill for a long time. Okay. Other translations say this, that he had been sick for 38 years. 38 years, okay? Jesus says this, would you like to get well? Good question, right? Would you like to get better? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me in the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else gets there ahead of me. Jesus says this, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk, and instantly the man was healed, and he rolled up his sleeping mat and began to walk. Okay, now we could talk about the healing, but I want to talk about the healing that Jesus did in this man's heart. Okay, because yes, Jesus wants to heal you physically, but he also wants to heal your soul. So Jesus is dealing with a couple things here. The first thing Jesus is dealing with is this: is identity. Identity. Okay. Because he asked some question, would you like to get well? Isn't this a surprising question to you? 
yeah, I would like to get well. I've only been laying here for 38 years sick, right? Like that's what our natural mind thinks. But I'm gonna challenge you with something. I think the real truth is this. A lot of times we find identity in our scars and our wounds of the past. That's our identity. We build the whole narrative of our life. We build the whole perspective of our future. We build everything on what? The scars and the wounds of our past. Or how about this? We build our identity in sickness. When somebody's sick, I'll know real quick what their identity is. Is it Jesus or their sickness? Because they'll either talk more about Jesus or they'll talk more about their sickness. And it will, will reveal to me where their faith is, where their identity is. There's a lot of times our identity is in just poverty. We grew up poor. We're poor now. We'll always be poor. Why? That's not God's heart for you. I'll prove it to you biblically. I, I pro- listen, listen, I'm not telling you that you're going to be a multimillionaire, but I can prove to you biblically that God wants you blessed if you'll trust his plan for your life. I promise you, okay? Or their identity is built in disappointment, like they've just had so many disappointments. So when Jesus is asking the question, do you want to get well? He's talking to his identity. Do you want your identity to be the sick man who lives here and has been here for 38 years, or do you want a new, fresh identity in me? That's what Jesus is really talking about. But the reality is, most of the time, we don't want to be healed. We want to be coddled. We want our feelings to just be validated. We're just looking for people that will suffer with us. That's what I call Facebook, just suffering, okay? (laughs) Facebook is just suffering, okay? Just finding other people who suffer with you. So when your identity is wrapped up in the feeling, and remember I said what? Feelings are real. They're real. And it is tough to deny your feelings, okay? But when your identity is wrapped up in poverty or wounds and scars of the past and that I'm a victim, you're doing what? You're just partnering with the devil's plan for your life. I hate to tell you. He has a plan to kill, steal, and destroy. It's, I, I, I'll say it again. He's got a plan to kill, steal, and destroy. And he'll never stop. He'll never stop. Let me show you this. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 through 7. It says this. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. But God sent him to buy freedom. What freedom? Our freedom. He sent Jesus to buy our freedom so that we could be free from being a victim. Amen? Like, like, I'm so thankful. I'm not a victim. I had a really interesting life growing up. I could be a victim. I could be a statistic. I could have a completely different life. But I just, no, Jesus bought my freedom. Freedom for those who were slaves. At the time, it was slaves to the law so that he could adopt them as his very own children. And because we are God's children, 
sent by the Spirit into our hearts, it provokes us to say what? Abba, Father. So what's this talking about? It's talking about this identity thing. When we come to a real place that our identity is, Jesus bought my freedom. This is identity. I'm I'm talking about not I believe in Jesus. I'm talking about my identity is Jesus purchased my freedom. Jesus purchased my guilt. He purchased my shame. He purchased all of my mistakes. He paid a price for all these things. And now because he did that, I can call him father. He's my father. Like real father. I do this all the time where I come to the Lord and I go, hey, dad, I mean it. He's my dad. He's my emotional strength. He's my comfort. He's my rock. He's my security. He's my provider. He's everything. That's where my identity is. This is what Jesus is dealing with. He wants to change his identity. All right, second thing Jesus is dealing with this man is this. He's restoring hope to him. He's restoring hope to him. 38 years he's been sick. 38 years. And and here's the deal. Some of you may not be sick in your body, but some of you have been struggling for 30 years with things. Some of you have been struggling to forgive somebody for 30 years. Some of you have been struggling for 10 years to overcome this little, this little pattern in your life. Some of you have been struggling to overcome in different areas of your life. And, and this is this man for 38 years, and he's been struggling to just touch the water and get healed. And I promise you this. I promise you at some point in time during those 38 years, he had to feel what? That he had been forgotten. Right? How many of you felt that before? You felt like, man, God's forgotten about me. God's forgotten about this dream. God's forgotten about this promise. God's forgotten about this request that I gave him. God's forgotten about this moment. God has forgotten about me. And Jesus has come to do what? To restore hope back to this man and to do what? Also, restore hope back to us that you're not forgotten. You're not forgotten. Jesus didn't forget him. Now, here's what's interesting to me. He had faith. It was a little bit. His faith was in what? If I can just touch the water. If I, he had faith for 38 years. If I could just somebody, if somebody could help me, nobody will help me. How many have ever felt that way before? Like, nobody will ever help me. Nobody will ever give me a break. Nobody will ever stand beside me. He's thinking, if somebody could just help me reach over and touch the water, I'll be healed. This is what he thinks. The water is what's going to heal him, okay? It's the same way that we think. We have these feelings like, if I could just get more money, right? If, if, if my husband would change, if my kids get into this school, right? The water is just different for you. You think, well, then things will be okay, Right? But this is what I love about Jesus. He doesn't heal the man the way he thinks he's going to be healed. 
Now, he heals them, just not in the way that he thinks it's going to happen. See, God doesn't want our identity. Uh, remember, he, he's concerned with identity. He's concerned with identity. Because when your identity is solid in Jesus, you won't live emotionally. You won't. When your identity is in God's promises, what his word says, you won't be a roller coaster. It changes everything. This is what Jesus cares about. He doesn't want this man's identity to be built in his good plans. Right? We have our good plans. We have our thoughts about how God's going to heal, how God's going to restore, how God's going to change. We have our plans about how God's going to provide. We have our plans on how God's going to take care of us, how God's going to protect us. We have all of our thoughts on how God's going to do it. It's a good word, Pastor Jeff. Because we're all struggling with that. We're all struggling with that feeling. God, how are you going to do this? And you think, I know how God's going to do this. And then God goes, no, 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 no. I'm not going to do it that way because I don't want his identity to be in that. I want his identity to be in my miracle working power. That's what Jesus wants. He wants us to look back at the moments that he showed up and go, it wasn't my plan, but man, he was on time. He was faithful. He stood with me. He took me to the other side. He made a way when there was no way. I had a great plan of how I thought this church was going to start. I had great plans. I remember the very first Sunday, Jess comes back. I'm like getting ready to go up on stage. The very first Sunday of Elevate Church. And she goes, are you ready? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, how many people are out there? And she goes, "Um, not many. Not many. But it's going to be a great day. And I was like, great. (laughs) That's awesome. You know what filled my heart that day? I remember it. it was just like, it was, I remember, like, I, I'm never nervous on stage. Never. Never. Like, ever. If I pulled you up here, m- many of you up here, you'd probably pee your pants if, if I pulled you up here, okay? I'll just be honest. Okay? I'm never nervous. That day, I was trembling. I could barely get through my message. I was trembling. Why? Because the plan wasn't happening the way I thought it was going to happen. And what happened? Fear filled my heart. And the enemy, I'm on stage, the enemy's going, this church is never going to work, it's never going to work, it's never going to work, you've failed, you've made the wrong decision, and I'm just standing there trying to get through this message. Feelings are real. Your plan that you have is real. But if you can push past your feelings, trust God. His plan, he's really good at healing and restoring your life and bringing great things to your future. Can I get an amen from somebody? He's really good. Jesus didn't forget about his son. He hasn't forgotten about you. Just because he doesn't answer you. See, look, (laughs) I heard Bill Johnson say this a couple weeks ago, and it just, like, made things make sense in my mind, at least. He goes, we live in, in time. 
We live with clocks. We live with days and nights. We live with weeks and months and years. We live in this thing called time. But God lives outside of time. He lives outside of time. So we think sometimes like, God, you're late. Or God, you've forgotten. Or God, you haven't showed up. It's just he just has a different time. He doesn't live inside our time. But here's what I know about God is this. He's never been late. He wasn't late to this man. He wasn't late. There may have just been a place in this man that he needed to come to this place where he had to be done with his own plan. Sometimes you gotta just get to a place where you're done. God will wait for you to go, all right, I'm done with my plan. I'm done trying to figure out my plan. I'm trying to, done trying to figure out my way. All right, God, I'll accept your plan now. But God's never late. Why don't you stand up? I wanna share this verse with you, okay? First Corinthians chapter 13, verse four. Love is patient, love is kind. Love's not jealous, love's not boastful or proud. Love's not rude, it does not demand its own way, it's not intolerable. It keeps no record of wrong. It doesn't rejoice in injustice, but rejoices when truth wins out. Love never gives up, love never loses faith. It always hopes and endures through every circumstance. This is a picture of the love of God that he has for you. This is who he is. He's patient, he's kind, he's merciful, he's not intolerable, he doesn't keep records of all your wrongs, he doesn't rejoice when terrible things happen in your life, he always, always has hope. He never gives up, says he always, he always has hopes for you. He never loses faith in you, even when you lose faith in him. Never loses faith. He endures through what? Every circumstance you pull God through. Every time you live by your feelings, every time you live by your emotions, every time you live outside of faith, he endures and he's with you and he's patient and he cares about you and he never gives up. And he says, you're my son, you're my daughter. I purchased your freedom. You can come to my throne. You can find grace for the time that you need it. And I will empower you with my grace and strength. Amen? Amen. We can learn to not live by emotions. We can learn to not live by feelings. We can learn to do what? We can learn to live by faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? Why don't you close your eyes? Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you for your people today. God, I thank you. I bless them in Jesus' name. I bless them in Jesus' name. I rebuke every plan of hell formed against their life right now in Jesus' name. I plead the blood of Jesus upon the family and the children of Elevate Church, and I release the goodness and the grace of God upon their life in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that you're not mad, you're not frustrated with us ever, that your grace abounds to us. But I thank you that your grace today 
empowers us to overcome in this life, empowers us to push past our feelings, empowers us to push past our emotions and what we feel at the moment. I want you to say this to me. Say, I refuse to allow feelings to lie to me any longer. Come on, say it one more time. I refuse to allow feelings to lie to me any longer. We take authority over feelings, robbing, stealing, cheating our lives. We take authority over feelings telling us that something's better on the other side of the grass. Something's better in another marriage, another person. Something's better in another, another job or another state. God, we, we rebuke these lies, these feelings. Father, I pray that our feelings would draw us back to you and the power of the Holy Spirit that reveals all truth. Holy Spirit, we ask that you reveal your truth about every situation and feeling that your people are going through. And we thank you for grace, your grace that empowers us to overcome and to push past our feelings. We love you, we worship you, we praise you. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name. Come on, give it up for Jesus. Come on, get real loud for Jesus today.